Welcome to the Hutchmoot Podcast, a library of sessions recorded at the Rabbit Room's annual conference, which celebrates art, music, story, and faith in all their many intersections. Today, it is our pleasure to share Ruth Naomi Floyd's session, A Theology of the Blues and Belonging, from 2020's Hutchmoot Homebound. Ruth explores how the blues were birthed from the African-American spirituals, which is the root of American music. This body of music is deeply Christian in its pursuit of justice, and its lament is the ache for human dignity and belonging. Enjoy. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., upon giving the opening address at the 1964 Berlin Jazz Festival, had this to say, God has wrought many things out of oppression. He has endowed his creatures with the capacity to create. And from this capacity has flowed the sweet songs of sorrow and joy that have allowed man to cope with his environment in many different situations. Jazz speaks for life. The blues tell the story of life's difficulties. And if you think for a moment, you will realize that they take the harshest realities of life and put them into music, only to come out with some new hope or sense of triumph. King, both a theologian and activist, could not have described the blues in more honest and moving detail. The blues tell the story of life's difficulties by placing them in the music of an oppressed people who, by doing so, come out with a sense of hope and triumph. God can and does bring about redemption, healing and hope, not despite oppressive circumstances, but through them. And we, as his image bearers, have been given the same creative capacity to create beauty out of ashes. A robust understanding of the blues, therefore, would not merely view it as an art form, but would seek to address the significant musical techniques, as well as the sociocultural context in which this profound body of music is located. Although the musicality of the blues could be its own lecture, for the sake of time, I will primarily be focusing on the content and context of the blues. Celebrated composer, pianist, and Guggenheim fellow Jason Moran said of the blues, it is the most important song form. To address the blues with integrity and accuracy, we must begin with the reality of slavery and the music of the African-American spiritual. The African-American spirituals were composed by the African prisoners of the forced labor system in America. From the outset, enslaved Africans in America were deprived of their languages, families, and culture. Yet in the midst of great sorrow and deepest despair, with no liberation in sight, these dehumanized, oppressed, and abused African captives lifted their heads, composed songs, opened their mouths, and sang. In their bondage, these men and women found freedom through their creativity and musical expression as they composed a body of work that would stand the test of time. 
From Africa, these prisoners brought their own musical instincts, talents, and traditions mixed with the hope of the spiritual as well as physical deliverance. You can hear within the spirituals the tension of being displaced, being enslaved, and longing for home. Following the abolition of slavery, newly liberated Africans were in most cases still viewed and treated as only partially human. The auction blocks, shackles, and lashes of the whip were replaced with nooses, lynching, and displacement. Reconstruction, the era following the Civil War and slavery's emancipation, as well as the creation of Jim Crow laws, produced a culture of lynching as a means of domestic terrorism against the Black population striving to survive as newly freed Americans. In many cases, one could be brutally murdered on the spot after being accused of a petty crime without a trial, without proof, and in some cases, lynchings occurred simply at the expense of having the audacity to own a successful Black business in one's community. Lynching became the political disenfranchisement of Black people and a means of suppressing Black progress through fear. According to the Tuskegee Institute, there are 3,446 documented lynchings of Black men, women, and children from the years 1882 to 1968. It was against this comorbid backdrop of terror and horror that the liberated slaves used their musical instincts and gifts to express the harsh realities of their new post-slavery oppression, creating a body of music that communicated the tension of being legally free, yet never truly at home. This is what we call the blues.
On the other side of freedom, there remained displacement and lostness, and the blues were birthed as a way of expressing through music that sense of the profound loss, grief, abandonment, loneliness, and suffering that comes with being a perpetual sojourner in a strange land. Novelist Ralph Ellison writes, The blues gives us a place to purge our sorrows, to reflect, to be honest and share about the burden of the struggle for justice and humanity. In the swift whirl of time, music is a constant reminding us of what we were and of that toward which we aspired. Art thou troubled? Music will not only calm, it will ennoble thee. The blues comes to us as a living body of music, which tells the truth about the human condition of the life and times of those who have endured and what it means to be black in a land which continues to be a land of bondage for some and a land of freedom for others. It is impossible to separate black music from the black experience. It is in Black music that people forced on the margins have always found hope. Black music is where our deepest sorrows find unspeakable joy. Choosing joy in the midst of sorrow is an act of righteous resistance, a creative disruption, an artistic rebellion, and it comes with risk. It was an education for the sake of liberation. Such expressions like Robert Johnson's, I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. Ask the Lord above, have mercy now. Save me if you please. The blues conveyed honesty, vulnerability, transparency, and truth, themes society often chooses to shy away from. Singing, playing, and creating the blues always came with risk. Singing, playing, and creating the blues also came with sacrifice. The blues depict the truth of the tension and polarity of being and not being, of living with the aspects of the human experience we would prefer to avoid. The real truth is that racism opposes both humanity and divinity. Nobody knows the trouble. I've seen nobody knows but Jesus. Nobody knows the trouble, Lord, I've seen. Glory, hallelujah. Sometimes I'm up 
And sometimes I'm down Oh, yes, Lord Sometimes I'm almost To the ground Oh, yes, Lord Nobody knows The trouble I've seen in this life Nobody knows But Jesus Nobody knows the trouble, Lord, I've seen. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory. Got to sing glory at first glance may not appear to be what one would call sacred music. However, taking a deeper, longer look at the blues, one can see how this music reflects the theological themes of joy in the midst of sorrow, hope in the midst of tragedy, beauty in the face of oppression. As Blind Willie Johnson sang, Well, won't somebody tell me? Answer if you can. I want somebody to tell me just what is the soul of a man. This theme of having hope in the midst of dark circumstances is communicated in Scripture through the text that we refer to as lament. Why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me? Or why the breast that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept. Then I would have been at rest. Let the day perish on which I was born. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. These lyrics were composed and sung by one of the great blue singers of the Bible. They are selected verses in the third chapter of the book of Job, found amongst what theologian and jazz pianist William Edgar calls blues books of the Bible. Job's sacred words sing truthfully about the depth of his reality, which is the purest form of the blues. 
Ecclesiastes 3.4 tells us there is a time to mourn. Lament can be brutal. It is filled with anguish. Lament takes the time to emotionally recognize the utter brokenness of our souls. Lament gives voice to grief. Psalms 13, 22, 42, 69, and 77 are examples. I am weary with crying. I am weary with crying, says the psalmist. My throat is parched, Psalm 69. Psalm 42 laments, my tears have been my food day and night. The language is even more vivid in Psalms 22. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a pot shared and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Faith endures. Throughout the Bible, there are countless images of lament and grief. David's lament over Saul and Jonathan, the blues of the weeping prophet Jeremiah, the deep sorrow of Naomi, the grief of Martha, Mary, and Jesus following the loss of Lazarus. Jesus knew he would resurrect Lazarus, but took time to mourn his death. There are many images of lament and grief. However, the greatest grief shown in the Bible delivers the greatest blues line uttered from the world's greatest blues singer. Not the remarkable Ma Rainey, not the great Bessie Smith, but from Jesus himself on the cross. Jesus, the ultimate blues singer, sings the greatest blues line ever uttered. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? These words reflect deep abandonment, loss, and utter despair. Jesus cries out in agony about his struggle of separation from his father, even while enduring it. This song did not begin on the cross. It began in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the garden, Jesus instructs his disciples to sit while he goes to pray. He takes Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, with him farther into the garden. He knows the last stage of his journey to the cross is very near. Now, Jesus wants these three disciples to also witness his deep anguish and deathly grief. Jesus is troubled and is overcome with a great burden of sorrow. He communicates these feelings to the three disciples by saying, My soul is very sorrowful and even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Jesus, devoid of sin, was going to experience and suffer his father's full, terrible, vengeful, all-consuming fire of wrath as the punishment for our sin. Who can imagine the weight of his fear, terror, and horror of God's dreadful curse? 
Jesus continues a little bit farther into the garden to where his betrayal a short time later would take place. He falls on his face crying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, this cup is the cup of suffering. Jesus cries out loud with prayers and supplications to the only one, his father, who could save him from death. Jesus is fully prepared to be sacrificed. He continues his last stage of the journey with his obedience even unto the cross. Jesus' determination is reflected in this African-American spiritual. Prepare me one body, I'll go down. I'll go down, prepare me one body like man, I'll go down and die. In the garden, Jesus shows us his true humanity. He shows us what struggle looks and feels like. He prays, he cries the blues, he moans the blues, he becomes the blues. He honors the struggle in us by allowing us to see his tensions. Jesus, man of sorrows, who is acquainted with grief, is singing what W.E.B. Du Bois in Souls of Black Folks calls the sorrow songs. Jesus embraces the tensions. He embraces the pain and he embraces the grief. The blues speak of abandonment almost always in a romantic sense of lost love. But on a deeper level, it is the loss of human connection, the loss of human touch, the loss of companionship, the loss of fellowship. Jesus knows about loss and he knows about abandonment. Right there in the garden, Jesus experiences abandonment. The same three disciples who witnessed the glorious scene on the Mount of Transfiguration were the same three who fell asleep and abandoned him in his time of need and struggle. Jesus is alone while preparing to drink of this bitter cup of suffering, abandoned and embarking on the greatest sacrifice this world has ever known. Jesus gives us another gift a real lesson in the area of struggle. He shows us his vulnerability through his transparency. He asks a question familiar to most of us. Can this pass? But why show us the struggle? The struggle is shown to demonstrate Jesus in his humanity and in so doing to identify with us in ours. It is through asking and surviving the question of why that we grow to understand the deep connection of sorrow and joy. It may be in facing our shadows and continuing to struggle that our faith is strengthened. When our faith is tested and strengthened, we can fully embrace and know that God is here for us. Jesus became the curse for us, and his strong cries and tears were heard and seen by his Father. He drank of the bitterest cup from his Father's hands. 
The blues tell us about the hardship of this path we call life, but they also ask questions, the same questions we ask our Father. Why does God allow suffering? Why do we have so much pain and sorrow and loss? There are no ifs. We will suffer. We will have to endure loss, afflictions, and grief. We will see the darkness approach and face the pain. We will have to endure, moan, and sing the blues. Not my will, but thine be done. Did God answer his son's prayers? God did not remove the burden of the cross. What does the cross represent? It represents a mixture of beauty, ugliness, violence, truth, abandonment, fellowship, suffering, pain, endurance, hatred, love, darkness, and light. The blues teach us that if we embrace this life, we have to endure what this life can bring. Jesus went before us and he recognizes the struggle to obey and the struggle to relinquish our will and way. It is the same Jesus who sends a comforter to us in the garden of our own personal blues story. The blues sung mournfully by our Christ in Gethsemane and on the cross teaches us that through the horror of the darkest night in the midst of the shadow of death, there is light ever present. Our sovereign Lord, the most beautiful one, the first and greatest musician, used the precious music of the enslaved Africans to be the foundation of most American music. This is beauty for ashes. What we learn at the cross is that God will deliver us, and yes, deliverance may take a while. If we are truly willing to take up our cross by God's grace and mercy, we will truly and completely be free one day. Our Savior will never leave us nor forsake us. He goes before us and walks with us from darkness to light, from ashes to beauty, from singing the blues to singing with pure joy. We cannot have the joy of Resurrection Sunday without the darkness and pain of Good Friday. As Bessie Smith, the great blues singer, once said, the greatest blues singer in the world will never stop singing. The Man of Sorrows the first and greatest musician, the greatest blues singer, and the one who the prophet Zephaniah tells us went through the most terrible suffering the world has ever known, sings over us with joy. Jesus, the ultimate blues singer who never stopped singing through suffering and lament, did this sacrificial gift of love so that we will have one great day, the joy of singing praises with him forevermore. Beauty redeemed. It is only as we learn how to love one another in and through Jesus and to create communities that embody such Christ-like love that we can begin to understand what it means to truly belong. The music of enslaved Africans displaced in a foreign land, sang in their spirituals of being reunited to home. For them, 
Home on earth was Africa. Home in God's kingdom was heaven. After slavery, the concept of home remained elusive to Black Americans, terrorized, disenfranchised, marginalized, and persecuted on the soil that they bled on, sweat on, and died on. True belonging is to be fully seen, fully known, and fully loved. The Bible teaches us that in Christ, God has drawn near to us. He has made himself known and we too can be finally known. Belonging to him means belonging to his people, his family, his church. In Christ, we can find true belonging because it is Christ who in identifying with us went before us and was placed on the margins, despised, rejected, and lost shalom with the Father on the cross so that we could be embraced eternally through his sacrifice so that we could now experience true belonging. But what does belonging mean in the midst of the blues? What does the idea of home mean when that home is intertwined with tension? Shalom in the midst of brokenness? Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Until that day, we must hold on and we must trust in Jesus. He sees our tears. He hears our cries. He knows our pain. In ancient times, when a neighbor, friend, or family member was mourning, one would sit with the person and cry with them and collect their tears in a bottle. During the days, weeks, and months ahead, the bottle of tears served as a reminder to pray, weep, and support the person experiencing the blues. One does not have to be alone in the garden of their blues. The last lines of my composition, Bottle of Tears, states, God looks at our tears with tenderness and he treasures them. And we know he holds them dear. Hope against hope. Hope in Jesus. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 13.8 tells us, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. He never changes. My own kinfolk sing, He may not come when you want Him, but He's always right on time. When the storms rise in your life, 
Jesus will hold you. Jesus will secure you. Jesus will protect. As the gospel song sings, I'm so glad trouble don't last always. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning light. Whether entrenched in the darkest gloom and despair, you belong. Whether surrounded with suffering and pain, you belong. Whether walking the road of loneliness, you belong. In the garden of your blues, you belong. You are bought with a price. You belong. Our blessed Savior, Creator, and Redeemer calls us by name. He promises we will pass through the waters and God will be with us. We will pass through the rivers, but they will not sweep over us. We will walk through the fire, but we will not be burned. The flames will not set us ablaze. We will not be consumed, but delivered to eternal joy with our Savior, Deliverer, Healer, and God. No more waters of pain, no more rivers of suffering, no more fires of grief, no more flames of loss. In the arms of our dear Savior, we will finally be home. Thank you.
went in the room I didn't stay This podcast is brought to you by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate. If you're wondering what in the world a Hutchmood is, you are not alone. Let me give you the short version. Hutchmood is an annual arts conference hosted by The Rabbit Room in which we gather people together around art, music, story, and faith. If you want the long version, check out the website at hutchmoot.com where all of your questions, or at least some of them, will be answered.